Thanks for downloading the Wheat Pete's Word podcast. I want to mention that you can also tune in, if you like agronomy, to The Agronomist on Monday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, at realagriculture.com slash live, as well as the Real Ag YouTube channel. There you'll hear from experts from across the country and internationally on topics that matter to you and your farm from an agronomic perspective. The best part is, it's live, so you get to participate in the conversation, as well as get CCA and CEU credits if you are an agronomist. Enjoy the show, everybody. Good day, and welcome to Week Pete's Word here on Real Agriculture for Wednesday, December the 22nd. On this episode of The Word, some reflections before the holiday season, a couple of fun facts, and then just fertilizer. As much as I can get to on fertilizer, I doubt I get to any more. All right, let's go. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Look at those markets. Unbelievable. 750 corn, 1680 soybeans, 975 wheat. In fact, 2022 soft white wheat at 1040 a bushel. Man, such a Christmas present. If you need a few extra bucks and you have crop left to sell, uh, there's that's definitely the Christmas present. Those prices are incredible. Uh, just on that quick note, for those of you looking for spring wheat seed, because your winter wheat maybe needs a little thickening up or you need some straw already running out of spring wheat seed, it, it shows that the demand is out there for wheat. That's a good thing. And my other quick note on the markets, it just makes me laugh. The soft white wheat market now starting to show a significant premium to the soft red wheat. Not enough yet, maybe in my opinion, but it's starting to look like they need it, and so they're paying more. We can't plant more soft white wheat now. It's already in the ground. It just doesn't work. Uh, The market is just a, a fickle thing to work with. Okay, next, I just, I want to go through some reflections, and I know that we are all, and you can't help but be, just just pandemic fatigue. I'm tired of it. What do you mean it's going again? Oh my gosh, I just I can't put up with it anymore. Okay, stop for just a minute. Yes, this pandemic seems to go on and on forever. The upside is that our hospitalizations aren't going crazy, even though the number of cases are going crazy. So, so that's a positive thing. But I want you to step back because it is Christmas. It is the family time of year. And I really do want you to take this time of year and spend it with your family. But you need to reflect a little bit on just how fortunate we are. And this has been a theme of the last few wheat peat words. Fair enough. But Every week there's something new. So this week, or, or just just earlier this week, before recording the word, there's wildfires that go through the state of Kansas, burn 400,000 acres. That's like half the whole wheat crop in Ontario. And there is livestock and buildings. There's, I forget how many cattle that died in those wildfires. Last week, it was tornadoes, the the typhoon in the Philippines, all the troubles in British Columbia. Man, for the Ontario growers, we live in such a sweet part of the world. And even for everyone in Canada, despite these weather challenges, in fact, in North America, 
We all won the ovarian lottery. We are so fortunate. We have so many opportunities. We have challenges, absolutely, but so many opportunities. To drive that point home, just a real quick story. I've been to Zambia a couple of times trying to help down there. That's a, that's a great thought process in itself. But I met a farmer down there. He was a lead farmer, very smart, hardworking individual. His name was Abel. And I spent a fair bit of time with him. And at one point, we just happened to be washing our hands. And it hit me, the total difference between Abel and myself and just the respect for water. Where he lives, no running water. So it's a resource they have to pull up from the well. It, it's, it's valued. Whereas I go in the bathroom and turn on the tap and wash my hands and don't worry about the extra that runs down the sink. We happen to be in Monzi. In the washroom, there's sinks, there's running water. Abel barely turns the tap on. It's just trickling out. He's washing his hands. When he soaps up, he turns the water off turns it back on to rinse very carefully, not wasting a drop. Meanwhile, I'm at the sink and the water is pouring out. And it's, wow. That in itself just has to make you stand back and, and hopefully maybe not waste so much water or whatever because we should respect those resources more than we do. But it also tells you just how fortunate we are. We have ample food. We don't worry about where our food is coming from. We turn the switch on, the electricity comes on. When I was in Monzi, there was rolling blackouts. You didn't know if you were going to have electricity. A hot shower was a once-in-a-week luxury that there was actually enough hydro to get you the hot water. We are all unbelievably fortunate. Please take the time at Christmas and spend it with your family, with your friends, do the Wheat Pete 15. Call somebody. Uh, even, just call them, connect. Do it 12 times for the 12 days of Christmas. I don't care. But relax, recharge, and just appreciate the, the wonderful opportunities that we have here in Ontario and here in North America. Okay, enough on that. So just some cool stuff that I saw on Twitter. I just love it. So, so Warren had a little bit of a breakdown, and next thing you know, the vice grips are holding the thing there so that it's working for him. Woody, my good friend Woody, tweets out, yeah, I had a, had a neighbor that's, that used to use vice grips for permanent fixes, and his comment was, if you leave them lo- there long enough, they rust enough that they won't open up, and then they don't fall off. <laughs> Just, uh, yes, the ultimate vice grips. Rhett, uh, sending me a tweet from Clay Scott, and Rhett saying, Peter, you know, in all the years that I've listened to you on the word, I've never heard you talk about static electricity. So Clay's tweet was dead wheat, winter wheat, dead winter wheat from static electricity out of a dust storm. And Gret said, you never talk about that. Well, actually, we do here in Ontario. We talk about that as a lightning strike. That is a big discharge of electricity. It's static electricity. Wherever it hits the ground, you get these circular patches that die. It doesn't matter if it's wheat or soybeans or corn in the, in the summertime. They all die. But where they get the big dust storms, we don't tend to get those here. But when you get a big dust storm, you can build up so much static electricity, a bit like rubbing the balloon on your leg, sticking it on the wall, well, as those dust particles rub past each other and they just they get to create a tremendous electrical charge and at some point, 
it, it, it discharges to the ground wherever that happens, that wheat is dead. So kind of a cool thought process that, that doesn't get talked about very much. Moving on, I want to talk quickly about tillage and just where we're at. Such an odd fall. So today, Wednesday, my great friend, Nature Nut Nick, he actually made a Nature Nut Nick calendar for me. I haven't picked it up yet, but... But boy, we might have to get him to market that. It sounds pretty cool. He's out frost seeding cereal rye today on December the 22nd. It's just like, wow. I mean, how many years do you get the opportunity to frost seed cereal rye into your corn stubble on December the 22nd? By the way, just while I think of December the 22nd, guess what? You want to have a positive outlook? Every day from now on is getting longer and longer. We're going to get more sunshine, baby. We are on the way up and out. Johnson got his strip tilling done on Saturday, and it was amazing. It actually strip tilled far better than I ever would have expected it to. The soil was crumbling nice. There was a whole bunch of Twitter discussion around which is the best strip tiller, but everybody had been out doing some fall tillage that needed to still get some done in the mid-December time frame. Very, very unusual my good friend Kennedy talking to me about that, saying, like, what a weird year from that perspective. But, yeah... I'm in my wheat stubble. It's got oats as a cover crop. The red clover didn't catch again. But I'm, I tweet out pictures and, and it just the soil. I dug down into that strip and it just fell apart, crumbled. It was, it was damp, but it wasn't smearing. And that's crumbling effect it just always impresses me. And Dr. Dave, my great friend and, and probably the smartest guy I know in agriculture, Dr. Dave Hooker, Ridgetown Campus, tweets back, yep. Winter wheat and a cover crop, the, the greatest deliverable is that soil structure, that crumbling. That's what you get out of doing the rotation and using the cover, cover crop. And last, how many times in December? Because it was such a wet October, such a tough November, and everybody was saying, oh my gosh, manure, we can't get it out. We're going to be stuck over the winter. There has been some awesome opportunities to get manure applied under acceptable conditions this December, which is astounding. Remember, acceptable conditions are not on snow, never on snow. I just don't care what you say. It's all bad, but on frost and it's going to thaw out in the next couple of days with just a nice shower to kind of move those nutrients into the soil without causing runoff into the streams. Or uh, We've had multiple opportunities. I know a lot of people have managed to get manure out. They never thought they would. It's just been a different December, and that's a good thing. Okay, I want to move on, and I want to finish up here for the year talking about fertilizer because I've had this on my, my plate for a while. Diego from South America, Argentina or, or Chile, I forget which, but... In any case, he, he sent me an email saying, okay, Peter, phosphorus. Like, what is the use efficiency of phosphorus when we apply it ahead of a crop? How much of that phosphorus does the crop actually take up? And it's a really good thought process to walk through fertilizer and how it works. So the answer to Diego's question is it depends, of course, but the range is sort of 10 to 30%. 
And you step back and you think, wow, it's only 10 to 30%. So I put on 50 pounds of phosphorus, 100 pounds of MAP. So my use efficiency on that is from 5 to 15 pounds. On average, say 10 pounds is all that the plant is going to pick up. And how can that help? But actually, if you step one back and say, okay, my soil test, and let's just pick a number. My soil test for phosphorus is 15. Well, that's parts per million. There's 2 million pounds in an acre furrow slice, the top 6 inches of soil. So that means I take my 15 and multiply it by 2. It means I have 30 pounds of phosphorus available to the crop. And be careful with that because that that can resupply. There's no question that fertilizer resupplies as the plant takes it up. But if there's 30 pounds effectively available and I add another 10 pounds well, that's like adding 33% more available phosphorus. So that 10 pounds out of my map really is a very big deal. But then also, Diego says, so okay, so on average 20%. So after five years, I, I can assume that I've used all that phosphorus up that I applied. And it's not that simple, and that's not the way you should look at it. When it comes to phosphorus, you've got to look at it as a soil bank account. And especially now that phosphorus and, and fertilizer prices have gone crazy, you really got to look at it as a bank account. What did you remove and what did you apply? Because some of that phosphorus that you applied, it doesn't become available 20% every year. A bunch of that will actually get immobilized in the soil and not be available to the crop for maybe... 20 years or 50 years. But meanwhile, there's phosphorus in the soil that hasn't been available for 20 years that's going to become available. So you get that use efficiency to begin with, but what you need to do past that is what's your crop removal? What's your soil test? If you're at a low soil test, you have to replace what the crop removes and build. If you're at a high soil test, then you don't even need to replace. You can actually pull that soil test down. And with expensive fertilizer prices, this is something that we just have to start doing a better job of because it makes it so important. At $1,400 map, can I miss a year? Well, if my soil test is 25 parts per million for phosphorus, I can I can miss a year or go with a low rate of starter. If my soil test is five parts per million on phosphorus, not a chance can you miss it. You still, have, you still will get good payback for that fertilizer that you apply. Meanwhile, in that whole phosphorus discussion at that time, frontline farmers, so Paul from, from central Ontario, he tweets a picture and he's seeing bean row syndrome. So he puts a phosphorus band down with his bean crop. I forget if it was soybeans or edibles, but he doesn't put anything down with his wheat crop. And here in the, in the wheat crop, with a phosphorus soil test of 50, he's seeing bean row syndrome. The wheat plants where there was phosphorus applied in a band in the spring is still looking way better than it is in the in-between row area, and his soil test is 50 parts per million. That means there's 100 pounds of phosphorus available in that top six inches, and you just go, like, how can that be? Well, now this is the banding effect. And actually, Joe from Tomachek Ag asked this question this morning. Can we get away with less phosphorus if we band it? Is it more efficient? Well, you know, in a band, and Indiana State did this work, they actually sampled where the band was, 
and compared that to the soil test levels where there was no phosphorus applied. And if you could imagine where the band of phosphorus was applied, two years after it was applied, the soil test level in the band was 11 times higher than the soil test where the band wasn't. So why in that soil test of, of 50 parts per million, you wouldn't expect it. Why are we seeing that? It's because that phosphorus is still that much more available and wheat loves phosphorus. Meanwhile, what about the rest of the crops? And my great friend Al McCollum just, just drove this home. He says, okay, but... Like, why is it then, when, when you talk to Greg Stewart, uh, Greg would say, death to broadcast phosphorus on corn, don't, like, it just doesn't work. And meanwhile, Horst Bonner, soybean lead, Ministry of Agriculture, would say, you know, on soybeans, I don't care if you band it or you broadcast it, the soybeans use it about the same. Banding and broadcast is almost equal. And Al's comment was, well, is that a timing of demand? We know the cereal crops, wheat and corn, they need that really early. And so the band is right there by the seed. They can pick it up. The soybean crop, its phosphorus demand is late. And so a lot more phosphorus in the soil uh, that's become available. Warmer temperatures, we don't see that. And I think, Al, you're 100% right. It's timing of demand, but it's also the root system. And if you look at the difference in the root system, and if that crop has lots of surface feeder roots, then broadcast works okay. And soybeans have almost no roots, but they do generate some surface roots, mainly surface roots, so they can maybe utilize the broadcast better. Corn, it's a deep, coarse root system. So timing of demand and difference in root system is why we see that differential response to broadcast versus banding. I'm a big band guy. I think it's more efficient. It's in the ground. It doesn't get... It's not as, as prone to, to losses from erosion, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, you need to understand whether broadcast fertilizer or, will work or not on the crop that you're growing. And it varies between crop. No question about that. And with that, I am once again out of time. So this is the last word episode for 2021. Johnson is taken next week off between Christmas and New Year's to do exactly what I'm asking you to do, to take some time with my family, with my friends, and just relax and recharge. So on behalf of the team here at Real Agriculture, thank you so much to everyone for listening to the word, for sending in feedback. Have an awesome holiday season. We will talk to you again in 2022.